Hi, I'm Mitch Casper, and welcome to WinnipegHockeyTalk.com's Random Thoughts on the Winnipeg Jets, the audio version. Hey Jets fans, welcome to today's podcast. Well, with the Winnipeg Jets and the Manitoba Moose eliminated from the playoffs, uh, we have to turn our attention to the Winnipeg Ice and the remaining, well, four slash five teams in the NHL playoffs. So I'm going to start with the Winnipeg Ice in number one. The Winnipeg Ice and the Seattle Thunderbirds are tied at one game apiece after the first two games in Winnipeg, and the two teams now head to Seattle for games three, four, and five. For me, early on in the series, the difference has been Thomas Millich has outplayed Daniel Hauser in goal. The Ice and Hauser are going to have to be a lot better if they want to see a game six back in Winnipeg. Now, I realize this sounds like a little bit of doom and gloom, especially when you're talking about the number one team in the WHL. But this Seattle team is not the same Seattle team as it's been all year. Uh, They are very, very good. And uh, just as an example, you know, watching the first two games, Winnipeg uh, won game one, three to two, lost game two, four to two. But uh, the game that concerned me was the first game. Uh, they were up three nothing early. Uh, th- they were up three to one, you know, late in the third. Uh, Seattle pulled their goaltender with about three and a half to four and a half minutes left. I can't remember exactly what it was. Uh, they scored pretty early on that with the extra man to make it three two. Um, once they got control of the puck again, they pulled Milic and went with the six attackers again. They hit a crossbar, missed an empty net, and were all over Hauser and the ice. And uh, the Winnipeg Ice were lucky to escape with that win. Uh, the Thunderbirds were full full credit for their 4-2 win in game two. You know, it's not easy to go to an opposing barn and, and get a win. And Seattle did their job. They got their split. They're going back home for three straight games. And uh, if uh, they don't solve Millich... And if they don't get better goaltending from Hauser, and I'm not saying he was bad. Don't get me wrong. He wasn't bad, just that Milich was better. Um, this could be, <laughs> this series could be over pretty quick. It's, uh, Seattle's going to be rocking. They'll have a big crowd. Uh, they're a very tough team to beat at home. But I would expect that James Patrick will have his boys uh you know, ready to go. Like I say, they weren't the number one seed and the best team in the WHL for nothing. Um, we just, we need, you know, basically we need one win to get it back to Winnipeg. Uh, that's the thing I don't like about, uh, I mean, I, I, I understand, I get it. You know, it's a, this is the WHL and they don't, they can't afford to go two games, two games, and then one, 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 they do the two, three, two. And then, so, um, like I say, bottom line is Ice need uh, at least one win in Seattle, and I think they'll get it. I think we will be back for Game Six, but then again, they got to show up and be a lot better than they were in the first two games. Moving on to number two, um, I'm going to read a tweet, just one random tweet that was out that's been out there for the uh, last week or last couple of weeks, actually. And there is literally hundreds of tweets with this same message. Um, so I'll read, I'll read my thought first. I'm reading and hearing that Paul Maurice haters 
must be eating crow now that the panthers have knocked out the Bruins and the Leafs, but I'm not sure I agree. And I comment uh, on, uh, on one of the tweets I read. It says, so nobody's going to talk about the Maurice in the room. And my response was, like I've said in the past, I was never a Pomo hater or a Pomo apologist. And coaches get too much blame when a team loses and too much credit when a team wins. It always has been and always will be about the players. You either have the horses or you don't. And the reason I said that is because, you know, obviously Paul Maurice must obviously must be doing something right there. Um, they have, you know, upset probably two, <laughs> the two best teams in the East, arguably. And um, so he does deserve some credit. But really, if you watch the games, the Panthers were kind of awful in that Leaf series, even though they <laughs> even though they won it in five. They relied heavily on Sergei Bobrovsky. Their defense was brutal. Watching them play defense was like watching was like watching the Jets when uh, Paul Maurice was here. Um, throw out throw out your players and hope Hellebuck stands on his head. While well, it was not much difference here, uh, the difference in this series was that uh, up front uh, the Panthers showed a lot of grit. Um, they played tough. But the bottom line was they relied heavily on their goaltending and uh, Bobrovsky got it done. So I'm not uh, ready to erect a statue for uh, Paul Maurice yet. <laughs> Again, I think we've talked about this already. Moving on to number three. Um, I list a picture of the Vezina Trophy finalists, Connor Hellebuck, Ilya Sorokin, and Linus Allmark. And like I say, for the third time in six years, Connor Hellebuck has been nominated for the Vezina Trophy. But, obviously, you didn't need Vezina-quality goaltending to win the Stanley Cup this year, as all three of these finalists were eliminated in the first round. Yeah, very curious. Uh, I mean, it's, it's always, I mean, goaltending, don't get me wrong, it's ultra-important. Um, but, I guess, timely goaltending and a goaltender getting hot at the right team is more important probably more important than having the uh, the best goaltender all year. I mean, you look at Vegas. Oh, my goodness. You know, Brossois was good in the Jets series. He gets hurt. Aiden Hill comes in. Uh, anybody who watched uh, the elimination game, game six at Edmonton, I mean, Aiden Hill was tremendous. This guy's been a career backup. He's never really been a starter anywhere. And uh, timely, like he stood on his head. And, uh, yeah, it's more about the timing than it is about the overall uh, <laughs> the, the overall play for the year. So uh, this year is a bit of an anomaly. I mean, there's been uh, years where the great goaltenders and the Vezina Trophy winners like uh, Vasilevsky have carried their teams, and it is important, but uh, not so much this year. Number four, the Eastern Conference Final is now set with Florida visiting Carolina. But the starting date is uh, still to be announced, but probably probably later this week. Uh, the West still has a Game 7 between Dallas and Seattle, which will be played tonight, whenever that goes on to play Vegas. So, no matter what happens, we're going to have two different teams in the Stanley Cup this year, which I guess is good for those who believe in the parity, but uh, uh, probably not the ideal matchups 
as far as the TV networks are concerned. But I think it'll be two interesting series, and uh, I'm looking forward to either one of them. Uh, <laughs> this one here, this is good. Uh, number five. Instead of Euler fans whining about Alex Petrangelo's slash on Leon Dreisaitl, they should be asking their coach what the fuck Leon was doing on the ice, sucking for an empty net goal in a 4-1 game. This has always been a pet peeve of mine. You know, um, these guys like their cookies, and I know they like, especially in the regular season, they like to get those, like to pad their numbers with empty net goals, empty net points. Every team does it. The Winnipeg Jets are one of the worst of offenders for that. You know, Blake Wheeler, Mark Shifley, and a lot more this year, Kyle Connor, you know, they feast on those uh, those empty net points. And I just don't get, I don't get how coaches, especially in the Jets case, put out, uh, you know, two of their worst defensive players out there to get their cookies at the end of the game. Um, I've always been of the belief that uh, when it comes to that time of the game, that's where you put out, put your, your uh, maybe, not, well, I didn't say your fourth line guys, but maybe your third third line guys, your Lowry's and guys like that to finish out the game. Um, I used to, oh, I used to just curse, and I'm talking back in the 80s and that, fucking Gretzky on the ice for every empty netter. Fucking Alex Ovechkin on the ice for every empty netter. And I just used to, I I used to hope that somebody would just smash Gretzky, you know, and then watch them complain about an injury when a guy's sucking for an empty net goal. Uh, there's too much of that in the game, and I would really like to see a statistic <laughs> where they showed how many how many points a player gets, what percentages are the cookies on the empty netters. Um, I know that uh, Alex Ovechkin in his run for breaking Gretzky record record is out there every empty net and he got himself a mitt full this year um, like I said it's been happening forever I don't like it I think it's horseshit and I'll, I know when I look at that uh, what you go back to the the Petrangelo uh, slash on dry subtle he he slashed him and he looked right at him he's going and I could I could almost read his mind he goes what the fuck are you doing out here sucking for an empty net in a 4-1 game and part of it was frustration on Petrangelo's part. He's been attacked this whole series. Um, two games ago, that Evander Kane cross-checked to his face. I mean, fuck, he skated six, eight feet, cross-checked him right in the face. No suspension. But yet, Petrangelo got suspended one game for that slash. Now, don't get me wrong. That slash was vicious. Like, he 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 went after Dreisaitl, and it deserved a suspension, and it probably... Should have been more than one game. And I'm tired about hearing the, not the intent. You could see the intent was there, but the result that NHL bases their suspensions on the result. Like, does it matter? It, it's either murder or attempted murder. You go to jail for both. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, do you have to break the guy's wrist before you get two games? The fucking league's a joke. The NHL Department of Player Safety is a fucking joke. These whole playoffs have been a joke. Um, once again, my another another one of my pet peeves. You build your team a certain way to compete. The Jets trying to build a soft, not that trying to build a soft team, but they're trying to build a fast, skilled team. How fucking far would they have gotten these playoffs with this officiating? If all you got to do is attack their best players, 
you know, it's uh, it's it's a joke. I mean, I understand Alex Petrangelo's frustration because they were after him. Nothing wrong with that. You go after a guy, you hit him clean, you hit him legal. But they fucking crossed the line with that Evander Kane thing and no suspension. Fuck, come on, man. The NHL's a joke. Um, their officiating's a joke. Uh, <laughs> the, only, the only thing about it was I could give a shit about uh, uh, Vegas or Toronto or Edmonton. They could all attack each other and bludgeon each other for all I care. But uh, I was talking to my sister about it, and, and she mentioned it. And she's <laughs> I was so proud of her. Michelle, she's, like, uh, she's old school like her brother. Um, eye for an eye type of thing, right? Um, don't dish it out if you can't take it. Uh, it's, it's big boy hockey. Uh, I'm not saying I agree with everything I've seen, but if that's the way they're going to call it and that's the way the opposition's going to play it, you got to be able to give and take. And uh, there was some, uh, there's been some vicious hockey in this, uh, in these playoffs. Uh, some pretty, pretty vicious stuff in the Toronto, Florida series, and the same in the uh, in the uh, Vegas, uh, Edmonton series. But I think I'm going to move on to. Uh, Number six, a little bit of a nugget for the Jets. Uh, with the Florida win over Toronto, the Jets improved their draft selection by one position from 19th to 18th. Thanks, Pomo. Yeah, it was a, it was interesting how that worked. We uh, draft one position earlier, no big deal. Eh? That's kind of cool. Uh, number seven, I love watching the World Hockey Championships because it gives this retired old curmudgeon lots of hockey to watch during the day. And I get a chance to keep on, keep my eye on three of our Winnipeg Jet players, Nikolai Ehlers, Nino Niederreiter, and Dylan Sandberg, who are participating. I, I, you know, it's funny, I've always liked the Spangler Cup, the World Juniors, and I really love the World Hockey Championships. You know, even though the, the best players in the world aren't there, Canada still seems to ice a bunch of no-names that compete like hell and play well. I find it very entertaining. Um, and, of course, like I said, I get to watch three extra hockey games a day like there's not enough hockey on. But uh, I just like the feel of the games from Europe with the bigger ice. And uh, I, I just find it a lot of fun. And I'm, I'm actually uh, enjoying it early on this year so far. So, uh, yeah, good for me. Eh? <laughs> Retirement has its perks. Ah, moving on to number eight. Some good news on the prospect front. Brad Lambert is off to a good start in the Seattle-Winnipeg series with two goals and one assist in the first two games of, w of the WHL final. Uh, maybe the Jets get lucky and Lambert becomes a regular on the big club sometime in the 2024-25 uh, season. In my humble opinion, Lambert needs at least one full meaningful season of development with the Manitoba Moose and it's up to him how fast he gets to the show and that's the way it always is the player will determine when he makes it based on his production his effort um, how much he wants it uh, generally speaking a player will control his own destiny based on his play um, I have no doubt that Brad Lambert's going to be a Winnipeg Jet one day Probably like within two seasons, you know he's got uh, he's six foot one, one hundred and seventy five pounds, so he's still a little slight, but he already has an NHL shot and NHL speed, um, and it shows at the WHL level. Now keep in mind, like a lot of fans are getting way too hyped 
He's not playing against NHL players or even AHL players right now. He's playing against his peers. And he's standing out, which you would hope he would be. And he is. So uh, he needs a little bit of man strength, probably a little bit more weight. But man, the kid can skate. And let's not uh, jump the gun and start, uh, you know, penciling him into the lineup next year. That's not happening. Um, you know how hard I am on Kyle Connor. When Kyle Connor was sent down to the Manitoba Moose, he's a perfect example of a guy who forced his way to the NHL. KC put in the work. Uh, he he did very well at the AHL level. He scored. Um, basically, he fast-tracked himself to the NHL, so give him credit there. Um, Brad Lambert will have to do the same thing, and I have no doubt he'll succeed. You know, he came over to North America. He got his feet wet with the moose for a bit this year. Yeah, he, he was okay. He, he wasn't great. Didn't didn't light the AHL on fire. But the next best thing, he went back, uh, or didn't go back. He went to junior, went to Seattle, put up terrific numbers, playing on a good team. And now when he comes back to the moose next year, he'll be a lot more comfortable and he'll step right in. This needs one more good year down there. Hey, who knows? You never know. Um, I would expect the Jets might give him a, the, you know, the odd token call-up for a game here or there. But uh, to become a full-timer, like I said, let's wait till the season after. Also, just a reminder that TSN will be broadcasting the remaining games in the WHL final. So if you, <laughs> if you, can, if you don't mind staying up late again, uh, you can catch Brad Lambert and his Seattle Thunderbirds as they, uh, as they play the Winnipeg Ice. Uh, all games um, in the Seattle portion of the series will be starting at 9 o'clock local time. Number 9. I bet Count Chocula is getting a chubby just thinking about the possibility of a Vegas-Seattle Western Conference Final. Yeah, I couldn't let this podcast go by without taking... Another shot at Gary Bettman, but uh, could you imagine if uh, Seattle goes into Dallas tonight and beats them and you got the last two expansion teams fighting for the Western Conference Final and a guarantee that one of them will be in the Stanley Cup? You know, I always joke that, uh, well, everybody jokes <laughs> that Vegas is like uh, Gary Bettman's love child, his the Golden Boys. Well, he's got the Golden Boys and the Silver Boys lined up. You know, uh, yeah, he's a he's gonna be a proud papa. Uh, moving on to number ten, I have a bunch of uh, what I call the odds and ends, just uh, to wrap up the podcast. Little things I've noticed. Um, I got a picture of uh, Harna Ryan Singh, and uh, my first odds and ends comment was, I like the way Harna Ryan Singh calls a hockey game. You know what? He's come a long way. He's, uh, I actually, I like him as much as, uh, or I've gotten used to him, but uh, I put him up there with Gord Miller and Chris Cuthbert and those guys. I find his call very enjoyable. Uh, the next thought I have is, uh, you know, Vegas is in the Western Conference final for the fourth time in its six-year existence. You know, let that marinate. That's pretty darn impressive. And, um, Obviously, they have a pretty solid chance to go to the you know the Stanley Cup. They got one more 
one more hurdle ahead of them, whether it be Dallas or Seattle. Um, I think they beat Seattle. I think Dallas could be a tough out for them, though. But, uh, man, yeah, they've done very well for an expansion team. Uh, my next thought is, and this is so true, does it really matter who play, plays goal for Vegas? Um, doesn't matter who they put in goal. The team still plays well in front of them. And who was ever in the pipes has been playing extremely well. This next one here, kind of thought of it last night. It really bothered me. Uh, especially, you know, you go after the game. I was up late last night and, you know, on Twitter, it's just, oh, it's just, Twitter is such a cesspool of hate. Um, lots of Oiler fans want to blame rookie, keep that in mind, a rookie, Jeff Skinner, for Edmonton's loss. But the Oilers paid Jack Campbell $5 million for five years to be their number one goalie. So there's the problem, in my opinion. Like, a little bit of fucking context, people. Jesus you know, that's brutal blaming this on a kid. He's a nominee for Rookie of the Year. He basically took over the number one starting job because uh, he outplayed Jack Campbell. So, uh, yeah, if you want to blame somebody, blame Jack Campbell. This was supposed to be his team, for crying out loud. Next. Ah, uh, geez, I really hate praising opposition team's players. But, uh, you know... I said in my podcast before the Jet series that Vegas had an elite puck-moving defensive core, and they were really good versus Edmonton. And for me, that was uh, one of the the key things in their in winning their series over Edmonton. That they move the puck so well. So I'm not going to dwell on that, uh, but <laughs> I did notice it. Uh, next, the Oilers are far too dependent on their power play. And they didn't get enough, you know, five-on-five, five, considering they have the two best players in the world and a supporting cast of, you know, good players like Zach Hyman, Vander Kane, and Ryan Nugent-Hopkins. Uh, the numbers, the special team numbers in this series were staggering. And uh, if Edmonton didn't uh, get all those power plays and score all those goals, this series might have been over a lot sooner. <laughs> uh, the next... Uh, listening to every team's season-ending post-mortem from their fans and the media sounds eerily the same. Man, <laughs> that is so true. Uh, every team that gets knocked out is, oh, our best players needed to be better. Um, we look soft. We got pushed around. Uh, we weren't tough enough. We weren't big enough. Oh, my goodness. You know, like the old uh, movie Highlander, there can only be one. Well, there's only one Stanley Cup winner and the rest of us are running around with our fucking heads cut off. <laughs> anyway, that's it for today. Uh, I don't know when we'll be back. Uh, we'll be back for sure next Monday, but I might pop in you know, within the next few days. You never know what's going to happen. But uh, um, once again, uh, thanks for visiting. Thanks for listening. Um, if you like the podcast, uh, send me a note. Uh, you can uh, follow us. Uh, you can get us basically at the at the Mecca of the home, WinnipegHockeyTalk.com. You can also get us on Deezer, Google, um, Spotify, Apple, wherever most podcasts are found. So once again, I'll bid you adieu and uh, go ice, go, and enjoy the rest of your playoffs, and may all your hockey pools be winners.